0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome
2: to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 163. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing, buddy? Are we not living in a pandemic, Matt? This is not a
3: pandemic happening right now, like a global pandemic Uh, at this moment.
2: I feel like you're trying to get me to answer a trick question, but I, I believe to my knowledge still, yes, it's a pandemic.
3: Okay, I'm just checking because I, I, I don't understand this. The Tebe lightning just had players or fans drink out of the cup. What the hell are you doing? What is happening? Like then they're passing it for one to Why what did you not just live in a in a hotel for like two months? Because there's a goddamn pandemic happening. You're like, let's take drinks out of the cup. No, this pass through droplets. This is the worst possible way. You might as well sneeze on them. You might as well. What the hell is going on
2: here? That (laughs) not great. I didn't see that, but that's uh, that's not great.
3: It's not great at all. I, I can't get behind that. It's great that they want it. It really is. But it doesn't seem like there's a pandemic happening in Florida. I don't get what's I I haven't looked at Florida numbers maybe maybe Florida's well, doing very well numbers wise but like even then what the hell man
2: well uh, I believe Florida just opened everything
3: up pretty much this past week okay did they cure it did they cure it I, I I'd say that facetious because obviously I know they didn't but like are are they doing well I don't understand
2: not I would argue not well enough to be doing this but. I'm not a science guy. I'm not. I'm going to leave that up to Fauci and the Fair people a lot smarter than I am. I could like kind of formulate sentences about hockey and say them into a microphone. That's where about I tap out on my talents. Fair enough. I, that's where I should tap out on mine as well. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm going to use my uh, my little time in the beginning to wish you a happy international podcast day, buddy.
3: Good, thank you. Happy International Podcast Day to you, my friend.
2: Yes, and to the listener as well. Love being in the podcast game, so just wanted to get that out there. We've been doing this for three years now, which is crazy. And uh, you guys along for the ride is the reason why it's been able to, we've been able to do what we do. So we appreciate it, right, Mitch?
3: Absolutely. Do you remember your first podcast? My first ever
2: podcast? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was like 2015. It was like five or six years ago. Yeah,
3: same thing. Uh, it was it was awful. Uh, I, I ran this other hockey blog that I called the Line of Offense. Uh, this is where the TLO comes from. And so like it was not very good. Uh, it was me and another guy, and the guy uh, came to my house to record it and never came back. We you know, we did it remotely ever that ever since, even though he lived in the same city. There was no reason not to do it. So clearly, uh, <laughs> he did not like coming over to my house. Yeah, that's tough. Yikes. But that's, that's been six years, man. Six years of podcasting. That's nuts. I I can't. I didn't know what it was before six years ago. So seven years ago, I didn't know what a podcast was. And so to be uh, doing as many as I do now, it's, it's wild. I, I, don't, I couldn't understand a world without podcasting at this point.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I mean, we do this well, this weekly, Patreon shows. We probably do, for Eyes on Isles, what, three or four shows a week with everything? Yeah, at least yeah, and minimum. That, and then I do my own stuff on on the side with the with the jet stuff that I do, and I work at a radio station. So like, w- yes, we do live stuff, but there's also podcast elements there as well. It's it's really become my entire life. Like, it's crazy, but it's the, the, the god's honest truth. I, it, you wouldn't want it any other way, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I love I love it. I feel really privileged and lucky to be able to do this every single day. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So thank you for all the listeners. That's for sure. Absolutely. Much appreciated. Let's get into this episode, Mitch. We have a lot to get to. First topic on the agenda. Lou Lamarillo had himself a press conference at the end of the season. Uh, So it was a couple of days ago, but it was the end of the season press conference. Uh, Dropped a few nuggets, Mitch. Uh, Ironically, he usually doesn't like to say too much, but um, there was a lot of information on this, Mitch.
3: Yeah, so we won't go into every every little nugget that he drops into detail. We kind of go through that on our, our Patreon show that we did just yesterday. So if you want to get all of that, that's a half hour on this topic alone. Uh, and that's uh, the patreon.com slash eyes on aisles and five bucks a month gets you. All of our podcast content, every other content, live streams, uh, community of over 100 Islanders fans just willing to talk Islanders all day, every day. Uh, they're some of the most passionate people I've ever uh, come across. Uh, so join up there and, and get this this topic and more uh, for five bucks a month. But with that being said, let's briefly go over some of these points. Um, the, the one that, that really stuck out to me uh, was him specifically saying, we're playing at the Coliseum next year. That is confirmed. Like he said, that is a confirmation
2: <laughs> that that's kind of bold because, uh, well, they don't really have, I feel like, well, to the public's knowledge, they don't really have all that Coliseum stuff figured out, but maybe Lou knows stuff that we don't know. I would imagine. So in the position that he's in,
3: I would definitely imagine he spoke it to Laura Curran at some point to be like, so we got this figured out, right? Right. I, I forget who's now in control of it. I forget I it's, its, name. it's something, the third or whatever.
2: Isn't didn't Oakview take it over?
3: Oakview uh, doesn't isn't the lessee, so they don't own the lease of the building. Oakview okay. will manage the building, so they're looking like run the, the, the staff and all kinds of things and, and whatnot. But like the person in charge of of the building itself is is a guy, I forget he's out in Florida. He was part of the deal already with um, Prokhorov. I forget I forget his name, but either way. Um, they are now leasing it, and, and clearly Lou and the Islanders know that they will be playing, assuming we're playing right. uh, in, in all 31 barns, we will be playing at the Coliseum next year.
2: Right, which, that that's the thing, it's like with the asterisk saying, like, if we are okay to go, and honestly, this is a whole nother conversation, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out there anyway, but... Um, the NHL needs to figure out a way for that to happen because that's where they make so much of their revenue. Like they need to figure out a way in which they could get their season where there is fans in the stands, so that they can make the money necessary. Because it could get rough if if they're in another bubble situation.
3: So, well, they were talking. They're still talking about bubble situation just because of how everything is going right of now. Of course, uh, outside of Florida, I guess. Uh, Where we're, they're they're having I think the, the the last one that I read was six bubbles, and it wasn't a full season bubbles. It was like you would you would fly in, you'd play two weeks, right? You'd sit in the bubble for two weeks, you'd fly back out, you'd go home for a week, and then you go to the next bubble type of thing.
2: Yeah, that was definitely one of the things, Mitch, that I noticed. Like you like you said with uh, the the games at the Coliseum, which is a, a good thing. Uh, something else that also stood out to me is Lou Lamarillo's quote saying that uh, he's looking to keep this team together like that's their goal and with the cap situation I find it very hard for this to be a a close to identical team to what we saw in in the bubble not too long ago because I think they're gonna have to move some key pieces out just to retain the RFAs that you have to keep around like Devontae's, Ryan Pulak, Matt Barzell. those guys most likely aren't going anywhere so you need to find the space to keep them around
3: yeah like uh, unless he brings in all of the LTIR money I I don't see how this happens um like because in, in what he was referencing there is Matt Martin uh Derek brassard and Andy Green right the three prime uh UFAs I, I keep hearing that Tom Kunach will be ready for training camp and I go like yeah but he's a UFA guys are they really bringing Tom Kunackle back I know he might just cost seven hundred thousand dollars but that's seven we're, we're we're debating buying, not we, but like people are debating buying out Andrew Ladd because he might bring in $666,000 in savings. Why would we do that if we're, why would we sign Tom Kunakul if we're that short on money? No, 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 no. So it's those three guys. To bring them back is probably going to cost $3 million, right? Like let's just assume it's a million each yep. and like give or take a couple thousand, $100,000 depending on who you like more or less. Um, that's what it's going to be. They don't have three million dollars to just toss around to guys that you know are going to form the periphery of the team. uh, Assuming you're keeping everyone else, right? And that's the assumption we're making here. I I just don't see it.
2: No, absolutely not. I I don't think that they're they're going to be able to. Not even like if the goal was just we like this group, we want to keep them together because we think we can win this with this group. Not possible. You, You can't. There's not a way that you could do it. You have to be able to clear out some money who that is we don't know yet it could be a whole laundry list of people uh with the nhl draft next week i would imagine that things are going to start to happen pretty soon because that's when draft picks get moved and a lot of times we see you know trades start to go down around the draft for for that reason and it's right before free agency also which is another prime example of why it happens
3: yeah, it's only a couple of days, right? Like the draft usually is like the last weekend of July, of June, and then you have August first. So you've got like, well, I guess three or four days because if it if it's June twenty sixth, then you've got like four plus one, yeah. four and a half days, right? Because the free agency starts at noon to figure things out. Um, but uh, here the the draft is on the sixth, and free agency on the ninth. So. You have very few days. There's a lot of action in a, little, in a, a few uh, in a short window, and so you're right. Like things are going to start happening, and the Islanders have pieces to move here. I don't see them bringing back Derek Brassard or Matt Martin. I'm not saying I don't want either of them back. I, I don't want Derek Broussard back, but I, I don't see them bringing back Martin and um, and and Broussard. I'm not sure about Green. The only reason they would bring Green back is if they can if they can move one of Letty or Boychuk or both, and they don't need to sign him right away. Like they can wait. He's not going to be getting a ton of offers at 37 years old.
2: No, that's the thing. Like they could sign. They could wait weeks and a month, maybe even to, to sign him, uh, because, like you said, they're going to have to move off pieces. They're not going to, like we said, keep the same defensive core and then uh, move. Uh, or then re-sign Andy Green, excuse me. You're, if you're only re-signing Andy Green if you are moving pieces away, like you mentioned, and we don't know what's going to happen yet, so we can't, like, hitch ourselves to that wagon, maybe they move one of Letty, Boychuck, or Taze. Like, we, we just have we have no idea. There's no way to know yet. No, and, and I'm sure,
3: like, Lou is, is going to be like Batman, right, with, like, he's going to have a million contingency plans. So, like, this is plan A, oh, crap, this thing didn't happen or this domino didn't fall the way I wanted it to file. That's fine. Plan B, oh, crap, the wind is blowing southwest instead of southeast. Plan C, like, he's going to have a bunch of contingency plans based on whatever is happening. Right. Because you have to, right? Like, he has so many variables to juggle here. Not only does he have to clear out cap space to sign the guys he wants, he's then got to sign the guy he wants, but he's also got to consider what's going to happen next year when they're going to have another cap uh, crunch. And... Expansion draft. You got to keep all of those things juggling at the same time, so he's going to have a ton of plans going through, and the only way he keeps the guys that he wants to keep is, is to make room, right? Because eight point nine oh five million dollars ain't going to get it done.
2: No, absolutely not. And as much as we, he, or we, as a group of Islanders fans, might want, you know, some of these guys who have been here for a while to stick around, it's just not that likely to happen. No, it it just, it just isn't. Unless,
3: unless. Matthew Barzell, uh, Ryan Pollock, and Devin Tase take, like, the craziest of team friendly deals, where they come in and say, like, Lou, we're going to help you out this year and this year only. Sign us to, uh, I don't know, a 10% increase on our wages or something stupid like that. Whatever. Or 110%. Just give us 110% of what we earned last year, and then you owe us next year. Something like that.
2: And that's not happening.
3: Like, <laughs> I don't see that happening. No. no. That would be the greatest thing ever, obviously. Like, they would immediately, immediately, all three of them to the rafters yes. right away. Just to me, don't even wait. Just do it now. They deserve it. I don't care what happens the next X number of years. You pull that off, boom, to the rafters. <laughs> 16,
2: it's, 30, uh, 16. No, I, my, my numbers are way off. 6, 13, and 25 are going up. Going up. Right. Done. We're gonna have, Lou's going to have to get into the 40s at some point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what else stood out from his uh, comments that you liked? Uh, the RFA discussion. right, and, and then
3: what eventually led to Joshua saying, apparently being assured that he will get a qualifying offer, which surprised quite a few people, including myself. Who is a Josh? Uh, apparently, I have a hard on for Joshua saying. Look at the comments for anything that are right with Joshua saying's name on it on Eyes on Isles, and you scroll to the comments, and it's like, this guy's got a hard on for Joshua saying, I like his style of play, but I was surprised just as much as everybody that he would get a quali- qualifying offer.
2: Yeah, um, I, I was too. I thought that it would be like, okay, we realize we pass you through waivers, no one took you. like— Your value's not there. We'll just cut bait, move on. You do what you want to do at that point and, and go from there. But supposedly that's not going to be the case. Now, is it because that Lou Lamarillo wants to keep his rights and then trade it so you can get something back instead of losing him for nothing? Or is it that he wants to keep him and give him a shot to make the roster?
3: It's, it's one or the other, right? Like, it, 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 there's no other question about it. it. It's either he wants to move him because he sees him as an asset, which he is, he's not a very valuable one, or it's he's got a place for him on the team. I have my issues with the second one, not because I don't, excuse me, like Hosang's play. It's how does he fit in what they need? They need goal scorers. He is very much not one of those.
2: Yeah, good point. That, that's a good point. He is not going to score you goals. He's a playmaker if they had another finisher. Maybe it's a different story. Um, I don't know, I'd kind of like to see him play with Anders Lee. <laughs> I would love it. If he makes a team, great.
3: Let's see what happens. Let's try to create as many goals as we can and hopefully the guys who do finish, finish more frequently. M- maybe that's it, right? Like We just didn't create enough opportunities, which I, I don't think is the case, um, but maybe that's it and then you got you're looking at your right wings is um, you have Eberle maybe Hosang, Bailey Clutterbuck and flip those two guys in the middle with, with, on whatever line you'd like um, that's pretty good that's pretty good uh, I just don't think that that's what they need but I don't have like how many years of hockey management under my belt like Lou Lamorello does so
2: clearly he sees things differently Uh, Exactly, 100%. So we'll have to see what he does there. But just, uh, yeah, interesting stuff from Lou giving us some nuggets, which is uh, pretty rare.
3: It's very rare. He usually says nothing, right? Like, you look at anyone who's who's interacted with with Lou on a media side, and the one thing they say is, like, Lou Lemrel tells you nothing. He will tell you what he wants to tell you, and that's it. Uh, And and it's true. Like, look, if I'm even digging around the peripheries trying to, like, speak to um, uh, to uh, not draft but prospects and like even their agents are going nope I can't talk to you that's Lou's rule and you're going you don't work for Lou yeah, you yeah. don't work for him you can talk to me and they go no so that that's how powerful of a manager Lou is even the agents are like yet not happening I'm not saying a word because I don't, I don't want to screw with Lou
2: interesting wow it's crazy how much pull he has it is so like
3: that that's impressive and as as frustrating as, as that is on a professional side for me it is uh, encouraging uh from a fan side because he's the guy running my team exactly that
2: that much we like for sure so yeah so we we mentioned the Islanders cap struggles a little bit uh and one of the ways around that could be buyouts and the buyout period has opened Henrik Lundqvist got bought out today officially by the Rangers which we saw coming, but um, it, it was just became official today. So do we think we see a buyout for the New York Islanders? Why or why not? No, sorry. Yet it's not happening. No, no shot. No, that there's no one that
3: brings enough value um, in a buyout that they can't trade. Like Nick Letty brings, I think it's like $4 million of, of cap space or cap savings this year if you buy him out, but just why would you do that? Why would you buy out Nick Letty? Uh, unless you have to, but like you can definitely find somewhere that's going to take his full $5.5 5 million.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. He is someone who actually has like a, a decent amount of value. I'm not saying you're going to get anything amazing for him, but you can get something for him in a trade. It's the... Johnny Boychucks you wish you could buy out, the Andrew Ladds, the Leo Komarov. There's just not enough value in in the buyout for those three players.
3: No, like Leo Komarov, I think his is better of the three you just listed. Right. I think I'm going to do it right now. I I know I did it a while. I did it for every player, but it's hard to remember um, every single player on the roster. Uh, So as I do the buyout now, they save (laughs) $916,000.
2: So... Yeah, less than a mil.
3: You're better off burying him in the AHL. Yeah. Right, because you you would save more. That's true. Yeah, maybe
2: do that. Right, you You wouldn't save
3: a whole lot more, but you'd save something.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks like you'd assume that Ladd and Hickey are definitely getting buried. Could you bury Leo Komarov also? Why not? That's true.
3: I don't think they will because they, they like his play. And, um, but if you, if you're short a million, it's kind of like Leo, sorry, bud, we're going to send you there. Um, we'll call you up if you if we need you. Uh, that that's how they have to operate things at the moment, but you, you wouldn't buy him out, which is the question hand. Is there anyone that we could buy out on this team to make a ton of cap space? Yeah. There's, there's a few guys that bring a ton of cap space, but like those guys, let me bring up the little list I have here. Um, they're all, like, they're our top guys in terms of, like, Lee, Heberle, Letty. Uh, and, and when I say Letty, I mean, like, he, at least you could trade his full cap hit, right? Whereas you you, you couldn't um, do that for just about everyone, right? Like, no one's going to trade for
2: um, what's his name? Johnny Boychuk straight up. It's just not no, going to happen. No, no shot. No shot. Um, that, that, that cap hit is tough. But you had to you had to do it at the time. Like We weren't concerned about 2020 when you signed him in 2015. Right. So here's every player that would
3: return a larger than $3 million saving Ooh. this year if we bought them out. Let's hear them. Letty, Lee, Bailey, Peugeot, Nelson,
2: Eberle. Okay, none of those guys are getting uh, bought out.
3: No. Uh, anything between $1 2900000 $2. million, you've got Sezikis, at 2.6 Varlamov at 2.4 Pelik at 2.083 So he would actually return you A cap uh, savings I guess you can call it He would return more than his cap hit
2: That's interesting
3: Right, so if you bought him out That's not happening uh, And Anthony Bovillia would net you a full $2 million um, uh, Return And then Cal at 1.6 The only one I could see there being bought out Would be Cal Clutterback uh, Which they could do uh, and you're going to get more out of this buyout than you would um, burying him. You're probably not Correct. going to be able to trade him for the full thing. You'd have to move something else. So all you'd be losing here is a little bit of money-ish.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe that's the move. I would be surprised if they bought him out. But, I mean, maybe that's the direction that they have to go. It would be very anti-Lou on Barry Trotz, but... They we don't know like they need to come up with probably ten million dollars of cap space just to keep the three RFAs we listed earlier,
3: right? So that that's certainly an option. And then you got everyone else. Notice we haven't said Lad. We haven't said Boychuk because you they don't they don't return anything, right? Right, like Boychuk eight thirty three. That's what he would return this year. Um, who else? Lad six hundred sixty six thousand. Like they're just not going to do that because there's nothing there to gain.
2: Yeah. That that's that's the God's honest truth. Like, if there's nothing to gain out of it, then yeah, you're not going to do it.
3: You probably not. Like, if they're really short of six hundred sixty-six thousand dollars, all right, maybe. But again, you could just bury these guys in the AHL. Exactly. So,
2: I think we're in agreement. No buyouts.
3: No buyouts. It is not happening.
2: All right. So let's get to the price of cap dumps in in trades. You wrote about this this past week. We saw the Mark Stahl trade. The Rangers had to attach a second-round pick to him in order to get him off the books. Uh, What's your take on that?
3: It's going to be a lot pricier than we think. If we want to move Johnny Boychuk, if we want to move Leo Komarov or Andrew Ladd, uh, it's not going to be cheap. Mark Stahl went for, like you said, a second-round pick next year. Uh, and, and so, like, he has, his AAV is $5.7 million. So to clear out $5.7 million, the Rangers had to send out a second-round pick. But it wasn't just that. Like, Detroit had a ton of space. The five point seven is nothing to them. Uh, essentially, his, what they're doing is, I want to move $3.2 million. Detroit, how much is it going to cost you to eat $3.2 million? And it was a second-round pick next year, which we don't have, right? Like, that's gone with the Andy Green deal. So what is it gonna cost us to send Johnny Boychuk, who still has like five point two five million dollars left to pay out over two years?
2: Or lad who has twelve million dollars over the next three. Um see so the Islanders don't really have the picks, but maybe they would have to attach a prospect? Like maybe That's if, just it. Yeah. Like we saw with the with the LAD, the attempted LAD, uh I almost said Panarin. Could you imagine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lad parise uh, deal that Kiefer Bellos might have had to get attached to that one. So, like, maybe that's the way to go, and I don't know if that's the right idea, but that's the direction you it would have to be in order to get it done. That might just be the direction it has to go in, right? Like,
3: uh, we don't have draft picks soon. We don't have a lot of draft picks coming up, right? We we don't hit the podium until 90th uh, this year. Uh, we do have our first round next year, but do you want to lose first round picks in back-to-back years first and on, on a round system picks. that isn't really doing very well?
2: Right, a, a first and second round picks in back-to-back years. Right, so
3: you don't draft till the third round, which happens, right? Like The, the Pittsburgh Penguins have very few first round draft picks over the last 10 years, uh, but they've won a couple of Stanley Cups. So yeah, that, you can get away that's with a good
2: payout. Yeah, when you make the playoffs for what, like 15 years in a row, something crazy like that? Yeah, it's a fair return.
3: Uh, we we've made the playoffs twice in the last two years, which is great for us. Um, but let's not like sell everything, right? I, I'm fine with the the Peugeot deal was fine. You moved a first round pick, you got something for it, great, and it's a, it's a great asset. Mm-hmm. But in two years, ugh, it, it would have to I would have to see what it is, obviously. But I would hate to see like Johnny Boychuk go uh, with a first round pick to I don't know the Ottawa Senators. And you're like, oh, that's that was too much. That's too much.
2: Yeah, no, that that's not that's not gonna be worthwhile. And and same thing, like, do you really want Kiefer Bellows to have to be attached to a guy like Johnny Boychuk just to get him out? Like, can you stomach watching him turn into a player knowing that you moved him just because you wanted to free up six million dollars? And you moved out Johnny Boychuk, a guy
3: you like that is still relatively valuable, so like oh, but, but that that's where we're at, right? We're going to have to make some of those hard decisions. I wouldn't like it, but if we win, obviously, well, we won, but I wouldn't like it at first. But then I don't know what else to do. Like, what are we going to do? Move our, our second round pick in 2022? Is that as valuable? Probably not. Well, definitely no. not. So what are we doing
2: here? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I'm not in charge of making these decisions, man. It's not good for podcasting. You're not supposed to come up with a I don't know answer, but um, this is very much wait and see. I think the answer that
3: we're getting out of this is that we're, we're probably not going to like the the deal that Lou eventually makes to clear out some cap space. Uh, but uh, We're going to have to stomach it because if it's moving cap space, and we're move, we're trying to move cap space in a flat cap era, so... It's the worst possible time. The worst possible time.
2: Yeah, worst time. It's, um, and supposedly there's a chance that it could happen a flat cap again uh, for the next year
3: also. I, which... I, I believe it is a flat cap no matter what next year. Uh, and I think at most it could go up a million, but I'm pretty sure it's a flat cap next year, and it only goes up year three. Um, so, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh,
2: Great. Um, anything else on cap dumps before we move this thing forward? No, uh, not that's it. Okay. So let's get into a one of those prospects we were talking about a little bit earlier. So, this guy could maybe be a cheap savior for the New York Islanders, and his name is Oliver Wallstrom. So Oliver Wallstrom is on his entry-level contract, not making a ton of money, under a million dollars, which is good for a team that is Frankly, struggling with their cap situation. If you are unable to free up enough space, do you think he gets the shot?
3: Yes, just because of that, right? Like his cap hit is eight six four or something of the sorts, right? Uh, Whatever is his cap hit eight nine four one six seven eight hundred ninety four thousand one hundred sixty seven dollars for the next three years. So this year and two years following. Yeah. Yeah, you bring him in. Uh, and, like, he's doing very well right now in Sweden. Uh, yeah, he's playing for um, AIK in the Allsvenskan, So that's the uh, Swedish second division. He has four goals and two assists in five preseason games so far. Uh, two of those goals came on a power play or aren't two different power plays they were two power play goals in the same game and that was the most recent one where they played against um I forget what their name is but it does, it doesn't matter I wouldn't be able to matter, pronounce yeah. it anyways I think it's like Alms tuna or something like that literally alms tuna <laughs> awesome uh anyways so he put up two power play goals though so the prettier one uh is he he unleashes a clapper from like the OV office and and it just oh man it he gets all of it on there. What you don't see from that clip that we shared on, on our on, on our Twitter page is the two shots on goal he gets before that. So he gets three shots on goal himself in that one power play. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, this kid has a shot and he uses it and it hits the net. Right. So love to see it.
2: Yeah, that's that's important. Um, the Islanders have some guys who have a pretty good shot that struggled to hit the net. Uh, Ryan Pulak, unfortunately, is one of those guys. Jordan Eberle at times could be one of those guys. And Brock Nelson at times could be one of those guys. So if they are getting someone who likes to put it on net and puts it on net often, well, that's pretty good.
3: Right, that's what they need. They, they don't just need volume shooters because the, their 1.5-ish shots per game is still pretty good. And, and per game, on the sorry, on, per power play opportunity, I should say. 1.5 shots per power play opportunity. It's pretty good. It ranks 11th in the league this year. Um, obviously, you, you would like to see that number go up because you just want to see more shots towards the net. Right. Uh, and Oliver Walsham can get that done, it seems. Uh, now, of course, this is at the second division of the, uh, of the Swedish league, so it's not necessarily NHL caliber defenders, and it's also a little bit wider ice. Um, But he's still getting in positions and he's still using that shot, which is something we want. And like you brought up right from the start, cap control. He's less than a million dollars. He's less than $900,000 on the cap. So we we can move Andrew Ladd to the AHL and bring in Oliver Walsh and have a cap bonus. Have room left over.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good.
3: Right? If you think about that mathematically, like you move Ladd, you save, you bury one point. I guess that's not really how it works, actually. You would open up one point zero seven five million dollars, and you can bring in Oliver Wallstrom in, and still have some money left over from the savings you got
2: off of uh, off of um, what's his name, Vlad. Yeah, there you go. That'd be uh, that'd be that'd be helpful. We'd sign up for that. Yeah, I
3: think with all this talk of Joshua saying playing on the, on that third line or even second line right wing, in all seriousness, I really think that that position is is destined for. Oliver Wallstrom. I would be surprised if he doesn't get the shot first, uh, rather than Joshua Sang, who, let's be honest, the team doesn't want here. Like they, they made that abundantly clear by having him sit, uh, sending him to the another AHL team, and waving him, and no one taking him. Like they, they just don't want him around. Exactly.
2: Uh, I'm in 100% agreement. I think that, uh, like you said, it, it's Oliver's spot to to lose. Uh, I'm really I'm rooting for him because the Islanders need. Young, offensive talent to to come up. The last one that came up, or the last two really to come up and that were successful were Barzal and Bovillier, and that is four years ago at this point. Yeah, yep. They both came in same. Well,
3: Beau came in in fifteen in sixteen seventeen, right? And then yeah. Barzal seventeen eighteen. They both came at the same time. Just Barzal played the puck while in the box, and then Garsono sent it back to Seattle. Yeah, he got banished. So, yeah, that, that's, it's been a while uh, that we haven't brought anyone up. Not one. And, like, barely. Even then, Wallstrom only came in last year because we had injuries at the start of the year. He put his nine games in and they sent him back.
2: Right. Uh, Wallstrom got a little time. Bellows got a little time. Hosan got a little time. But the only one who got a lot of time is Michael Dow Cole. <laughs> you know you, you know how we feel about it. Michael Dow Cole.
3: Oh, boy. Yeah. So, no, it, it's his position to lose. I, I look forward to seeing what he does at uh, in AIK, uh, even though I won't be watching every game because they don't play it when I'm watching. But we'll see. I, I'll try to. I'll try to catch as much as I can from Wallstrom out in Sweden. Absolutely.
2: Anything else on Oliver Wallstrom before we move this thing on? Let's move on to the quiz. I'm
3: excited for it. So this is 100, uh, episode 163 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So I picked a player, Matt, who's played 163 games. Uh, sorry, 63 games for the New York Islanders. Let me just okay. make sure I've got this right. If I didn't pick 163, because some people will be mad at me, and, and rightfully so, if he only played a certain number of games and I got it wrong, I'm uh, be right pissed. from the onset. Uh, it is 163. Good thing I checked okay so if you don't know what the game is I have a player in mind and I have five guesses I'm giving Matt five guesses to decide to figure out who this player is Matt are you ready let's do it clue number one I was born May 7th 1981 in Syracuse New York next I played 697 games at the NHL level and scored 431 points okay next I was drafted fifth overall by the New York Islanders in the 1999 NHL draft.
2: Fifth overall. Uh, McCabe? No, no. Uh,
3: Four. I was traded two years later to the Buffalo Sabres.
2: So it was in the Michael Pecka trade. I don't know. Oh my god! Okay. You know, what, I'm,
3: I'm gonna stop playing facetiously just because my next clue was the return to the Isles was Michael Pecka. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to give away clue number Damn five.
2: It. Oh my god! This is killing me that I can't remember it.
3: Because there's, uh, there's two guys, right? There's two first round picks that went to Buffalo. Four firmer first round picks that went to Buffalo. Four. For Pekka,
2: yeah, who the hell was it? I don't remember. I'm sorry, that's His bad. His first make...
3: name is Tim
2: Thomas. Give that one. It's not Tim sorry, Thomas. I said <laughs> Tim Thomas. I really don't know.
3: <laughs> it's Tim Connolly. Stupid. Stupid. Stupid, it's fine. But he oh played 100, oh sorry, 163 games for the Isles, uh, you know, put up 41 points in 2000, 2001, which I know is before your time ish. I was right five, before... yeah, so like that's. Not necessarily in your wheelhouse, but the only one no, who's played 163 63 games for the Isles. No one has played 63, so Tim Connolly.
2: I hold myself to a higher standard. That was embarrassing. That was but a you're bad you're effort. good.
3: You, you're like eh, it was the it was the Michael Pekka trade immediately. I didn't have to say Pekka, So,
2: well, Pekka's my guy. I, I knew I knew they got him in 01 from Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 there you go. Perfect. Love that. All right. Let's get into the social segment. Mitch, what's going around on iOS Twitter? What, for, what do you got for us this week?
3: Um, This one here comes from, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this person, Andrew Gross, N.D.? <laughs> no, you haven't because it's a fake account. Uh, So he's got the, the Andrew Gross uh Twitter face and he's got Andrew Gross as the name and then like a J with a circle. Obviously, these Twitter trolls that I hate. I hate. If, if you're this person, I hate you. I literally hate you. I, I had to seek this one out, so I did not click on this one accidentally or okay, get fooled by it. I, I found this while I was searching for this segment, and it says, Perlu Lavarello, the Islanders will explore trading Barzal's rights before attempting to re-sign him. Barzal is an RFA this offseason and will be receiving multiple offer sheets. Why? Why would someone write this? They got one retweet, so clearly only one person fell for it, uh, so it didn't work. But why? Why waste your time? To to what end? What does this give anyone?
2: I despise people who try to do that.
3: Right, like the the, the fake Pierre LeBrun accounts every year. Why? What are you? What are you going to gain from this? Lols, so you
2: sit at home, like <laughs> Come on, got him. Come on. Uh. They usually do tend to get Mitch Anderson sometimes, um, but I've been better in the last two years.
3: I think I got dead. fooled once over the last two years, so I'm getting there. I'm leveling up, buddy.
2: You you are getting better. I, I am proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. My next one comes from at court Uptime, and he says, "Here are some more awesome renderings of UBS Arena. I know this is an audio platform, but go over to the profile, check out these images because the new renderings that came out." are stunning of UBS. I don't know if you saw them, Mitch. I did, and it's
3: the sight lines are great everywhere. Everything is great. Uh, I, I can't wait
2: to be in that building and watch an Islanders game whenever it's safe to do so. Absolutely the I love like the archways lit up in the blue and orange. That is a beautiful touch. It's not just black, right? It's blue and orange. This is this is our home.
3: And the seats are blue. It's just, it's just great, man. Everything about it, like every every touch, is perfect. Yep, one hundred percent. So that was my first one. What else you got? Uh, this one comes from Corey uh, Schneider. I, I don't know if I pronounced the last name correctly, but everyone knows him. He's at at Shutdown Line. Does a lot of uh, analytics work and um, just looking at like uh, he was the one who did the uh, the passing project. Ah, okay. So, uh, anyways, there's a whole bunch of this uh, stats going around. But this one here is from, it's game scores with microstats uh, for the playoffs. And it's per 60. So, it says, Point Kutrov sells the top spots uh, by per 60 stats, but it's a lot closer. Uh, but then, number four, so it goes, Braden Point, Nikita Kutrov, Nathan McKinnon, Matthew Barzal. Wow. Fourth best player term, in terms of game score with microstats. Um, per 60. And then Mark Stone, Jordan Eberle, number six. Eberle, six? Eberle is six with a 6.014. And then Alex Tuck, Theodore McCarr, Ranton, and Pacioretty. And the list goes on. Uh, Interesting. Those are the top two guys uh, for the Islanders. And there's not another Islander on this list of, like I think it's like 15 players. Wow. So That's maybe we've got to check our, our, our Jordan Eberle playoff uh, hate. I guess. <laughs> guy was doing stuff. The guy was doing stuff on the ice. Like, again, game score doesn't just look at goals and assists, and specifically when you're looking at microstats. Uh, it, it's it's off the puck. It's away from the puck or with the puck in, in terms of generating chances. Um, so, yeah, Eberle, man. Better than uh, Alex Tuck. Better than Miko Rantanen. Better than Kael McCarr. Suck it.
2: My last one is a congratulations to Adam Pellick, who got engaged. So my question to you, Mitch, is we we know that father Matt Martin is an elite goal scorer. Can engaged and uh, Adam Pellick get even better at defending 2021 Norris Trophy winner Adam Pellick? <laughs> there you go. He's going to win a Norris now. So if if uh, Matt Martin turns into a goal scorer after becoming a dad, we are assuming that when Pelic, you know, finds his better half Jen, that he can become a Norris candidate. Love that.
3: That's what happens, right? The second you go Beyonce and you put a ring on it, boom, you just hit another level. I
2: I have not get got to that level. You should be telling me, Mitch. I
3: I didn't. I have not ascended. <laughs> My wife. My wife is already, like, at the top, and it's so, like, maybe I, 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 I leveled up slightly. You know, I, I went from the bottom to level one. So...
2: <laughs> You're just anchoring her down.
3: Yeah, I definitely am. Do you know our Kidding. engagement
2: story? <laughs> no, we. this needs to be said on the pod. Let's hear it.
3: Okay, so... um, I. I Everyone's engagement story is, like, the best day of their life, right? And so what I wanted to do was say, like, I wanted to take the worst possible day and say that the worst possible day together is still our best day. That's what I was thinking. So I I had the ring. I taped it under the couch in in the apartment we were living in at the time. And I waited for, like, the worst, like, the worst possible day. Like, everything wrong was happening on that day. And then I would pop the question. And so finally it came... On a, a, a random Thursday. Our Thursdays at that point of our lives were awful. She was were, uh, busing to school and this stupid like temp job uh, at answering phones or whatever. And I was to school and work and blah, blah, blah. And we had the dog. And, and he, anyways, the dog was sick. Ended up throwing up the dog. Marshall ended up throwing up on our bed. Uh, she was upstairs in our apartment cooking like uh, what was it? ground beef and rice so a lame diet for the dog. And I was downstairs at the bar cuz we live below a bar with my buddies having beers. And I knew she was fuming up there. She's furious. Oh, super mad. And I'm like tonight's the night. Tonight oh. is the night. And so of course, I get upstairs and then she she like tells me to come into the bedroom cuz that's where we um we fight. <laughs> if we ever get into an argument, it's in there. I don't know why, but that's where. Maybe so we can sit on a bed and, and and yell at each other and it's comfortable. Anyway, she's letting me have it, and I go, one second. And she's looking at me like, where the hell is this guy going? <laughs> what is happening right now? I go into the living room, and I come back, and she's like, where did you go? And then I get on one knee, and she's like, what the hell is happening right now? No, this is not happening. And I proposed. She said yes. And then I revealed the story saying that I wanted our worst day to be getting together still be the best day of your life. And so you can never, the, the bottom, the bottom of the barrel to you, for you in our relationship was tonight and we still got engaged. So it can't get any worse. It's not going to get any worse.
2: <laughs> That's kind of a cute story, Mitch. Right. I, th- I
3: thought it through. It was just like, oh, here's a ring. Oh my God. Please say yes. I <laughs> please <through>. stop yelling. <laughs> it was under there for like two weeks for me waiting for that perfect day.
2: Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. I don't know if I'm going to recreate that story, but it's definitely an interesting idea. I like that.
3: Thank you. I, I, I was hope I was going for unique. That's what I was going for. And I think I achieved that.
2: You hit it on the head. Absolutely. Good. Did you have any other uh, trending stories?
3: Yeah. One last thing. Uh, this is from the KHL, uh, something that I'm following a lot recently, uh, but it's, uh, it says here after, f- uh, after feeling, but it's falling after falling down in a five on four power play Avto So Avtomobilists for Anatoly Golishev, someone that we all know very well told the refs, he stepped on the puck and there should be no penalty. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. And then on five on three later, so forty seconds later, he scores a goal. So he, they're calling it hockey karma, because uh, he said like, no, 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 no. I, I, the guy didn't trip me. I stepped on the puck and fell. Don't give him a penalty to make this a five on three. After killing the penalty, I guess, or no, on, on that same power play, he scores a goal. Um, so he gets rewarded for his good guy behavior.
2: Good. Yeah, we like good guys winning. Yeah, we need more good guys winning, please.
3: Uh, and with that being said on, on goalie chef he's killing it right now he has 8 points in 8 games to start the KHL season wow
2: good for him that's uh, a it,
3: hot start it helps to play with Pavel Datsuk who has 14, go- 14 points in 11 games so
2: <laughs> that'll do it that'll absolutely do it <laughs> So that oh, was the last boy. one for me awesome so I'm just gonna get a couple plugs in here before we go so wherever you are listening to this show please make sure to subscribe rate review all that fun fun stuff it's greatly appreciated uh, you can also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is over at TLO Mitch, Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on Isles. You can also visit the website eyes on com. You can download our app, the eyes on Isles app available for iPhone or Android. And last but not least, Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles. You can get yourself a ton of bonus content. We got podcasts. We have a live stream. We have so many awesome things over there that's worthwhile to check out. We're going to record our mailbag after this, which is always one of the more fun podcast episodes we get to record. We both love doing it, so if you're interested, check it out. Patreon.com slash Eyes on That'll do it for us on episode 163. It was a fun one, right, Mitch? It was a fun one. You got to hear a lot
3: of backstory from me, so good job on you guys for knowing me a little bit better. Absolutely.
2: That's going to do it for us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.